parables. A parable is a short story that explodes with spiritual meaning. Jesus was fond of teaching about the kingdom of God using parables as a launching point. He would tell a story that was common to the person listening in the day, something that they could relate to, something that was very accessible to them. And within that story was contained a spiritual truth that could bloom out of it. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 13, Jesus says about those who don't hear the spiritual truth but only appreciate the story, he said, they have eyes but are never seeing, ears but are never hearing or understanding. But in Matthew 13, verse 16, Jesus says to those people who do appreciate the story and catch the spiritual truth, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears, for they see, they hear, and understand. The reason we do modern parables each year is because we want to give examples of movies, stories that explode with spiritual meaning. And we want you to train your eyes to see, your ears to hear and understand. Because in this world, stories are very, very common. People go to the movies, people go to the flicks, and it's important for us to be able to take the stories of the day, even secular stories, and explain the spiritual truth that comes from them. And today is one of my very favorites. And I don't say that lightly. In the past month, I've seen Top Gun Maverick four different times. I truly love it. It's become one of my all-time top 10 favorite movies ever. And it had a big, big set of shoes to fill. In 1986, the movie Top Gun was released, and that became seminal for my movie-watching enjoyment. It's the movie I've watched more than any other in the history of my life. I love the movie Top Gun. In fact, when I turned 16 and I got my driver's license, not only would I hear Danger Zone every time I was driving, but as I pulled into the movie theater to apply for a job at the Forum 8 in Columbia, Missouri, the general manager's final question during the interview was, kid, what's your favorite movie? Without missing a beat, I said, Top Gun. He was a film student, and so he preferred the esoteric films, but he looked at me and he said, well... It's movies like that that keep us in business, those big uh, blockbuster popcorn summer flicks. And that's what Top Gun Maverick is. Every single time I thought about this movie for years and years and years, and it's a sequel 30 years in the making. The 1986 movie that we can all quote by heart and we love to uh, put fun phrases into our daily lives and different things, I thought, what happened? to Maverick after the story of Top Gun. Because in the movie Top Gun, which stars Tom Cruise as Pete Maverick Mitchell, a young, cocky, hotshot fighter pilot, and his best friend, Nick Bradshaw, Goose, his Rio, as they fly in F-14s together, and they get called to go to Top Gun, the Navy's weapons fighter school, to learn how to fly their jets better than they've ever done before. There, Maverick and Goose, these two best friends, Meet Iceman, who becomes a serious rival of Maverick. And the, the friendship and the rivalry starts. And in the movie, Top Gun, there's a tragedy that takes place. While Maverick is flying a training mission, he encounters the jet wash from Iceman's F-14. And he finds himself in a flat spin heading out to sea. He tells Goose that he's got to eject. But as they eject from the F-14, Goose hits the top of the canopy, breaks his neck, and he dies. It's so sad. 
I cry to this day when I see Top Gun and Goose dies. Maverick has to deal with the shame and the guilt of being the pilot who was flying the jet when Goose died. And even though he was cleared by the Navy of any wrongdoing, he has to carry this with him. Despite this pain, Maverick has to go on and team up with Iceman to save the day. And that's what Top Gun is about. And I wondered for a long time, I wonder what Maverick's up to. I wonder what Iceman is up to. Well, the movie Top Gun Maverick tells us what they've been up to. But before we can really get into it, we've got to set the tone. We've got to get in the right kind of mood. And even though I'm dressed that way, we need to make sure we are all there. So here's a little something to get us in the right frame of mind. Kenny Loggins, king of the 1980s soundtrack in Danger Zone. Every one of you sitting at Silver Dollar City in Powder Keg is playing Danger Zone, and you're in the F-14 or F-18 ready to get shot out. Oh, multiply that by a thousand, and you know what Maverick gets into every single day. Yes, every time you see the jets getting ready and the hoses whipping across the decks of the aircraft carriers, oh man, you're pumped, you're ready to go, and that's what I was hoping for. That's what I was waiting for. And I'm pleased to say the producers of Top Gun Maverick made that movie for me. They made it for the fan. They made it for those of us who loved Top Gun, the movie. And so it starts out just that way with the same title placard, only this time you see F-18s and F-35s on the aircraft carriers. And you know, oh, this is going to be a Top Gun flick. And you figure out what is happening to our favorite characters. You find out, yes, Pete Maverick Mitchell is still a hotshot fighter pilot. Now he, in fact, serves as a test pilot for the U.S. Navy. 
And you find out that Iceman, his rival, has gone on to become an admiral in the U.S. Navy. And that's very, very important for what happens in Top Gun Maverick. Now, because the movie is still in theaters, we don't have access to the whole thing. I can't just show you this scene or that scene because that would violate copyright stuff yet, and we can't. But what we have been able to do is pull together clips from the different trailers that we've seen, and Julia has done an ace job getting ready for this. And so to set up sort of what's going on so that you can get the idea for what happens in this movie, you need to check out this clip for it'll lay the groundwork for everything that comes to follow. Reputation precedes you. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. Your instructor is one of the finest pilots this program has ever produced. His exploits are legendary. What he has to teach you may very well mean the difference between life and death. Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. Welcome to Basic Fighter Maneuvers. As briefed, today's exercise is dogfighting. Guns only, no missiles. We do not go below the hard deck of 5,000 feet. Working as a team, you have to shoot me down or else. Or else what, sir? Or else I shoot back. If I shoot either one of you down, you both lose. This guy needs an ego check. We'll see as that. So what's say you put some skin in the game? What do you have in mind? Whoever gets shot down first has to do 200 push-ups. <laughs> Guys, that's a lot of push-ups. Well, uh, they don't call it an exercise for nothing, sir. You got yourself a deal, gentlemen. Fight's on. Let's turn and burn. Fanboy, you see him? Not the other radar up ahead. He must be somewhere behind us. We don't get fooled again. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one.
combat on a level no living pilot's ever seen. Not even him. You think up there you're dead. Believe me. My dad believed in you. I'm not going to make the same mistake. Someone's not coming back from this. Those are your pilots. Anything happens to them. You will never forgive yourself. No turning back now. And so there we have the setup. Yes, we learned that Maverick is still a hotshot fighter pilot, and he's being called back to Top Gun to teach 12 Top Gun graduates how to get ready for a super secret mission which is incredibly deadly. This is the setup for the film, but that's not it. As you see, Maverick has to deal with some issues from the past. His best friend and his Rio who died in the movie Top Gun, Goose, had a son. And Goose's son has joined the Navy. He has become a fighter pilot himself and is in fact a Top Gun graduate and he's one of the 12. And so Bradley Bradshaw, Nick Bradshaw's son, Goose's son, Rooster, is there. But there's been a problem. Ever since the events transpiring in the original Top Gun, after Goose died and left Bradley without a father, Maverick has been trying to serve as a father figure for his best friend's son. In fact, Goose's mom didn't even want, uh, or Goose's wife, Maver uh, Rooster's mom, didn't even want Rooster, Bradley, to go into the Navy. And so Maverick actually pulled Bradley's application from the Naval Academy, setting him back four years in his career. This put major tension between Maverick and Rooster. Maverick trying to honor the wishes of his best friend's family and Rooster trying to follow in the footsteps of his dad's career. But his mom didn't want him to follow in those footsteps if they were going to lead him to the steps of a jet, knowing the danger that can happen. And so, Rooster is filled with bitterness and rage. And in fact, Maverick is filled with the guilt and shame not only of Goose's death, but of being unable to fully protect his best friend's son, Rooster. Now, Maverick gets there and he starts teaching, but one day he finds himself out at one of the bars, just like from 1986, and so Maverick is there and he sees the new group of hotshot pilots having a good time at the bar and grill. Maverick, standing outside, actually hears and sees Goose's son, Rooster, start to tickle the ivories. And he starts to play his dad's favorite song. Hearing this, Maverick is filled with memories. And as the memories come flooding in, the emotions come rushing in as well. And it looks something like this. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fun. 
but it sure is fun. Come on, baby, you're driving me crazy. Goodness gracious, big balls of fire. Come on, Bradley, sing with the family. And so Maverick sees the son of his very best friend out there singing his dad's favorite song. The same song that Maverick used to sing along with Goose and little Bradley right there, who grows up into becoming Rooster, used to sing that same song with them. Hearing this brings it all back for Maverick. He remembers flying and Goose dying. He remembers trying to be a father figure to Rooster as he grows up. He remembers pulling the papers from the Naval Academy, setting Bradley back four years. He remembers the fact that Bradley, Rooster, is opposed to him. There's in fact been a wedge driven between Rooster and Maverick. And just as Maverick loved Rooster's dad so much, Rooster will never let Maverick forget he was flying when Goose died. This sets up some of the emotional turmoil and tension of the movie. How to remove the wedge between Maverick and Rooster. How to set things right. Well, in the course of the movie, of course, Maverick gets into some shenanigans. He upsets some more admirals. And in fact, Admiral Kazansky, Iceman, beckons Maverick to come to his house. Maverick rides his motorcycle over and he goes over to Admiral Kazansky, Iceman's house, and they have a very emotional meeting in the study of Admiral Kazansky. He gets there and now he, Maverick sees that Iceman is in fact almost unable to speak. Riddled with throat cancer, this once great fighter pilot, now a shell of himself, a sitting admiral in the U.S. Navy who's called Maverick back, says, we need to talk. And so Maverick shows up, and when he shows up, Iceman, unable to speak, communicates a different way. He types onto the screen, I want to talk about work. Maverick is ready to talk about work, but first he says, Ice, please don't worry about me. What can I do for you? And Iceman points back to the screen, I want to talk about work. And so Maverick says, all right, well... Rooster's still angry with me about what I did, pulling his papers. I thought that eventually he'd understand why I hoped that he'd forgive me. Iceman feels the emotional weight, and so he types another sentence. He tells him, there's still time. But Maverick reminds his friend Iceman, the mission is less than three weeks away, and the kid's not ready. So what does Ice say to him? Then teach him. But Maverick tells Iceman, Rooster doesn't want what I have to give. Ice, please don't send me. Please don't send someone else to die in my place. Please don't ask me to send him. Send me instead. And then Ice types the key to the entire movie. He types the sentence, it's time to let go. And this one sentence encapsulates the theme of the entire movie. It's time to let go. 
Maverick says, I don't know how. I'm not a teacher, Ice. I'm a fighter pilot, a naval aviator. It's not what I am, it's who I am. How do you teach that? Even if I could teach that, it's not what Rooster wants. It's not what the Navy wants. That's why they canned me from teaching at Top Gun the last time. The only reason I'm still here is you. If I send Rooster on this mission, he might never come home. And if I don't send him, he'll never forgive me. Either way, I could lose him forever. And that's what this movie is about. A man holding on. A man who needs to let go. A man who's unsure of what to let go and what to cling to. If he sends his best friend's son on this deadly mission, he might never come back. But if he doesn't send him, his best friend's son will never forget him. After all, Rooster still harbors bitterness and resentment towards Maverick. If he doesn't send him, he's never going to forgive him. Iceman points again to the fact that it's time to let go. Maverick just says, I know. I know. Iceman then musters all his strength. He stands up, and even though he's hardly able to speak, and even though it is difficult for him to do so, he looks at Maverick, and he says to him, the Navy needs Maverick. The kid needs Maverick. That's why I fought for you. That's why you're here. And as the two former rivals embrace, Iceman just can't help asking the question he's been asking since the 80s. Who's the better pilot? Maverick, hugging his friend, says, this is a nice moment, Ice. Let's not ruin it. But what is not lost on the audience is that it's time to let go. It's time to let go. But how does a man let go? How does a man let go when there's so much to hold to? When you're told that you need to let go of something, maybe you're getting older and you're being told you need to let go of your ministry, let the next generation take over. Maybe you're being told at work you need to let go and let the young guys take over or automation's coming over. After all, one of the admirals tells Maverick, hey, your time is almost done. Someday we won't need pilots. We'll be totally droned. And sometimes you need to let go But you know you shouldn't let go of your ministry. You know you shouldn't let go of your calling. How do you decide what it is you should let go of and what it is you should cling to? And as I was thinking about this movie, this modern parable, a text of Scripture kept coming to mind. It's from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Listen to what the mighty Apostle Paul has to say. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. 
And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you've had us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. The Apostle Paul knows a lot about letting go and holding on. And it's what Maverick has to learn. In our lives, we all have goals. We all have goals. Maverick's goal from the 80s has been to serve his country and be the best fighter pilot in the Navy. Sir, you remember him saying that word for word in Top Gun. That's always been his goal. And it's still his goal in Top Gun Maverick to serve his country and be the best pilot he can. Test pilot, instructional pilot, fighter pilot. He's got a goal, but there are all kinds of obstacles. There are all kinds of obstacles in Maverick's way. He has to think about all the things of the past, how he's failed Rooster, how he's too overprotective with Rooster, how Goose died when he was flying, how some people want him to retire, how he's unsure of what to do and how to let go. And there's tension. When do you let go? Of what do you let go? But we know that he can find success. And we know even though I won't spoil how the movie goes, you can bet that Maverick leads and helps to save the day. And in the Christian life, we have a goal too. Each and every one of us has a goal. Now, I'm not sure what some of your very specific goals are, but I know that each and every one of us needs to share the same goal as the Apostle Paul from Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. This needs to be our goal. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. This is the goal for Christianity. We want to know Christ, to know him better, to know his sufferings, and somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. When he returns, I want my resurrection body. And I want to live evermore in perfect communion with God Almighty. This is my goal until he comes to know him better. But there are obstacles that each and every one of us faces. There's tension that each and every one of us faces. Paul says in verses 12 and 13, not that I've already obtained this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. We have a goal, and we're straining towards it, but we haven't grasped it fully. There's tension in our life, too. There's tension in our life that comes because of the obstacles in our lives. Just as Maverick had all kinds of obstacles, so the Apostle Paul had all kinds of obstacles. The Apostle Paul remembered his past position. Paul was a Pharisee. Now, the Pharisees are the same group of people that Jesus calls a brood of vipers. That's who Paul was. A Pharisee. He's part of the group that Jesus paints as whitewashed tombs. Great on the outside, but dead on the inside. This is Paul's past position, and he remembers his past actions too. Paul was responsible for the death of the very first Christian martyr of all time. He held the cloaks while Stephen was stoned to death. He took legal responsibility. Paul was an anti-Christian zealot. He hunted down Christians, murdering them and chucking them in jail. He remembered his past, and therefore he remembered his past shame. 
Even when the Apostle Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit and he writes to fellow believers, you can still feel the tension of the shame in his life. For he says, the things I don't want to do, I get stuck doing. And the things I want to do, I can't do. What a wretched man I am. And Paul even describes himself as the chief of all sinners. And yet he knows full well that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And forgiveness can be ours. And yet the obstacles are things that we face all the time. So how can Paul overcome these obstacles and how can we? There is success. And Paul hints at that in verse 13. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Christians, we need to learn how to forget. We need to learn how to forget. You might not hear a lot of sermons on forgiving, but listen to what God says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. This is what God Almighty says in the book of Isaiah. And this is what Paul had to learn how to do. For only in forgetting can we find success. We have to forget. We have to let go of things. The best way to let go of our past hurts, our past actions, our past shame, is to forget, to stop rehearsing them. And you might think, well, this is very difficult because if I let go of something from the past, doesn't that mean I don't care about a person if they've died before? Goose died. Maverick has been holding on to that. But he needs to let go. Letting go doesn't mean that you don't care about someone anymore. It just means that you realize the only person you really have control over is yourself. Maverick had to let go of Goose's death. And he had to let go of being so overprotective of Rooster. Sometimes it hurts to let go, but Christian, I'm here to tell you this, it hurts even more to hold on. It's time to let go. Maverick had to let go. He had to let go and follow Iceman's advice. Let go, stop being so overprotective. Trust Rooster as his wingman, just as he trusted Rooster's dad. And one of the things that keeps so many Christian men and women from fulfilling their purpose in Christ is their unwillingness to look forward, but rather their propensity to keep looking back to the past. We need to learn to forget the past just as Paul was willing to forget the past. We too often stay stuck on our past hurts, how somebody wronged us. The rage and bitterness that we feel. Or we too often get stuck on our past shame. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be stuck on past shame. Every time I drive by 1111 North Main in Joplin, Missouri, that feeling wells up because every time I drive by Ozark Christian College, I remember how I let my students down after getting fired. I remember how I put extra stress on all the other professors and the shame starts to well back up. And it's enough to bring you down. It's enough to throw you into a depression and to ground your ministry from soaring high. But it's time to let go. You have to forget. You have to forget 
the past. Stop dwelling on what was in the past and instead focus your eyes on Christ Jesus. If you can't, your attitude is never going to be right. We should learn from life's injuries and not be held captive to them. Forgetting is oftentimes a requisite for looking forward. When you fail to look forward but instead look back, this encourages the possibility of going back. The man who keeps looking back at his past is the man more likely to repeat his past. It's not time to look back at the bad things you've done. When you look back, you should see the cross. When you look back, you should not see your shame and your actions and the muck and the mire that once held you down. You should see Christ pulling you out of the muck, out of the mire, clinging to the cross so that you can cling to Him. Made new, redeemed, righteous, justified by His blood. That's what you need to see when you look back. Stop seeing your inadequacy and your BC sinfulness or maybe even your Christian sinfulness and see what Christ has done. When it comes to past offenses, people may have hurt you. You may be suffering a very serious hurt. But one of the best things you can do to get over it is to stop rehearsing that hurt in your mind. Stop playing it over and over and over like a movie again. Every time Maverick plays the death of Goose over and over and over again, the shame starts to well up within him. And he has to forget that and move forward. And so too, we have to forget and move forward. If our eyes are focused on Christ, if our eyes are focused on our goal to know Him more, to participate in His suffering, and so somehow to participate in the resurrection, and our eyes are fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, then we don't give the devil a place. We don't give the devil a foothold. And we don't give him a chance to make us relive the past Maverick realized that he had to take Iceman's advice and by trusting Rooster to be his wingman, he and Rooster were able to go on a shared mission and have a shared experience that focused their hearts and their minds on going forward and not reliving the past. And it allowed forgiveness to take root. There's a wedge between Maverick and Rooster at the beginning of this film. Letting go is how you remove the wedge. Is there a wedge between you and another believer? Is there a wedge between you and a family member? You just can't get past it? Letting go and forgetting the past and striving towards the future is how you remove that wedge. Is there a wedge between you and God? Do you feel somehow separated from God? The likelihood, if that's the case, is because you are dwelling on the past, thinking that your sin is so big. If you think this, my sin is so bad, God could never forgive me, then you are even more sinful than you thought, and you are more wrong than you thought. Your sinfulness can never outdo God's faithfulness. Ever. Your sin is nothing compared to God's grace. 
And he issues grace to you. And all you need to do to accept it is place your faith in him. He died on the cross. Look back and see the cross. He was raised from the dead for your justification. Look back and see the resurrection. Stop looking back and seeing yourself. Get out of the way. Look back and see Christ. Look forward and see Christ. Fix your eyes on Him, not yourself. No sin you have committed is bigger than God's grace. You need to let go so that you can find success. Paul found success. He said in verse 13, One thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press toward the goal. To win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And when you can let go of the past and press towards your goal of knowing Christ, then you can start leading people. You can start leading them. And just as Paul says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. There are some people who are so in love with looking back and seeing themselves, so in love with looking back and seeing their past, their shame, their hurts, or how people hurt them, God will make that clear as long as you keep pressing towards the goal. And you can lead them. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. And what have we already attained? Forgiveness of sins. I have been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ and I have achieved a certain level of sanctification because of the Holy Spirit within me and my collaboration with Him. Join together in following my example. Following all those who have gone before, brothers and sisters. Just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Don't Follow those who always look back. Follow those who follow Christ and look forward. Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Be the man, be the woman who can say the same thing to those around you. Beckon others to follow you. Just as Maverick had a goal to be the best Navy fighter pilot, we have a goal to know Christ. Just as Maverick dealt with obstacles, uh, obstinate admirals against him, and dealing with the shame and, and unforgiveness from Rooster, we have obstacles, our past, our shame, the hurts that others have levied against us. And there's tension. How do we let go? How do we let go of that sort of thing? Maverick was told he needed to let go. He didn't want to let go of his career. He didn't want to let go of his mission. He didn't want to let go of what he was called to do. But he had to let go of the past. I don't want you to let go of your ministry. I don't want you to let go of the relationships. But I want you to let go of the past so that you can advance in your mission of knowing Christ. And then we can find success. Just as Maverick was able to find success and he was able to trust Rooster to be his wingman, so too we can find success. We can find success by looking back and seeing Christ instead of ourselves and by looking forward and seeing what Christ has done, will do, and will bring to us when he returns. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We can find success. And out of success comes leading. And we can lead other people. And just as Maverick was able to lead that new group of hotshot fighter pilots, so too you can lead the next group of Christians who come to the faith so that they can experience the truth of knowing Christ more beautifully and more powerfully than they ever thought before. It's time to let go. If Maverick can figure it out, 
So can we. Will you stand with me as we pray?